Welcome to the Woodwards Filmcast with Mitch Haba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever! Yeah! All right, camera! What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk! That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk towards it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. You guys know the 10cc song, The Things We Do For Love? No, I don't think so. Like walking in the rain and the snow when there's nowhere to go. That one? Um, no. no, I just know Dreadlock Holiday. Well, they list a bunch of things that, you know, you might do for the, for the, the for love. <clears throat> okay. And, uh, the one thing they didn't list was wake up on Sunday morning, early in the morning and do a podcast for your friends <laughs> which is what i'm doing right now Thanks. and uh <laughs> as much i want you guys to know the things that i will do for you guys just you know appreciated that you had to wake up before noon rough life right <laughs> it's so tough hard. it's tough but i do it for you i'll do anything for you guys but you won't do that but I won't do that. Hey, Wonder Woman. Yes. Wonder Woman. Still can't get a woman on this show. Um, we're going to do it. We're going to talk to them. I'm really excited about it. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film TV news. Oh, what did I say? Um, <laughs> I don't know. It sounded, it sounded okay for a bit. Your Detroit podcast for film TV news uh, and discussion. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here every week with my friends. Colin Ward and Mitch Haba. Me, Colin, and Mitch, we get together every week and we uh, sit around and talk about a movie in great detail. We also hit up uh, some movie and TV news and notes and then do some video on demand recommendations at the end of the show. How are you guys doing? It's been a few. I'm good. Allergies are killing me. <laughs> great. Yeah. Classic. I don't know if it's just what it's like out there in LA, but. Very dry. Yeah. It's very hot. It's been very hot this weekend here. Mm. Like 90 degree days. <clears throat> yeah. Mm, that's great. And this week, so, there's two 94 degree days in a row. So we're screwed. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe uh, it's always a, a catalyst to get into the movie theater sometimes, the heat. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. Free air conditioning. Mm-hmm. My air conditioning sucks, so I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> are, you, are you guys looking? What are you looking forward to seeing this week? Um, oh, that that scary movie! I want to see. Uh, it oh, comes it out comes at in night. My yes, it comes at night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does come at night, and yes, <laughs> I want to see that. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'd have to look at it again. I think. I w- oh, I want to see that um, Aubrey Plaza uh, movie where they're the nuns with Kate McCucci and Brie. Um, What's her name? Bree, Bree, Allison Bree, Allison Bree. Um, it's at Cinetopia this year, and it's called <sighs> the Little Hours, I think. Yeah, the Little oh, Hours. Cool. Yeah, I, know, I don't know a lot about going it on right now. Have you guys <laughs> been? Have you been over there? Anyone? Uh, no, not yet. Mm-hmm. I've been. It's in, uh, it's in Ann Arbor and in Detroit, Detroit right? Yeah, isn't that where we saw? The Alchemist Cookbook. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, really, really cool uh, Detroit Film Fest that they have every year. Yeah, it's the new. Maybe it will turn into something more. Uh, it's still, yeah. still growing. Still growing. Yeah. But so, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I can't think of anything else I really want to see. You don't want to no. see the mummy. I don't want to see the mummy. <laughs> In a couple of weeks, I want to see Baby Driver. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, in the meantime, we saw Wonder Woman, uh, the highly anticipated film from DC, and we will talk about that in a little bit. Um, but before we get there, let's talk about some news. News, news. What's news. in the news? <laughs> um, let's 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 ease into it here first. With uh, do you guys see the Black Panther trailer, the film from Ryan Coogler, director of Creed and Fruitvale Station? Of course, uh, the first standalone film for the um, Marvel character Black Panther, who appeared in Captain America: Civil War. Did you guys see the trailer that uh, dropped a couple nights ago? Yes, I did. Oh yeah, yep. What did you guys think of it? Uh, what did I think of it? <laughs> well, I had a question to you. I and I don't. I can, I'm not familiar with comics at all. But is it like that sci-fi looking in the comic? Like um, I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the actual comics of Black. I mean, I know about the character and stuff, but I don't. You know, I've never read a lot of them. Um, I think I think the answer is yes. I think it, I think Wakanda is supposed to be this, you know, like this in the tra- trailer El Dorado kind of land where there's there's like a secret world that is super exotic hmm. and sci-fi. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really into it, and then I saw like spaceships flying around and like glass buildings, and like I was like, what what the fuck's going on here? Well, they're rich, aren't they? Isn't the whole like? Yeah, I think it's got like a, a Dubai feel to it. Yeah, or something. yeah. I don't. Know. I'm. I mean, I'm extremely interested to see what what they do with it, what what Coogler does with it, and uh, all the performances by the actors. I, I'm I'm really into it. I just don't know anything about it, so it like was kind of jarring looking to me. Yeah, same. I don't know anything about Black Panther. I know a bit about the Black Panthers, but um, I don't know anything about Black Panther. And it, it was a cool trailer. I liked the music, and I liked it was very stylized. From the jewels. And, yeah, and um, yeah, it had a it had a cool something cool look to it. It was I'm excited. It to me, it kind of didn't look like a Marvel movie. No, it didn't. Which was no, really didn't. cool. Yeah, it really didn't. Yeah. I mean, it looked. It looked like Kong Skull Island, kind of, and it's like colors and yeah, you know, stylized. But it kind of looked like Fifth Element D too. That too, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, very, which very is sci-fi, sweet. very fantasy. I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Michael B. Jordan as like a, I think, as a bad guy, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, I'm intrigued to see Andy Serkis. To see Andy Serkis, I think, <laughs> <laughs> like. You know, he's not a CGI character in this movie, at least that I know of. Um, so that's pretty that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Wait, he yeah. doesn't actually look like Gollum? I, I guess I guess not. You know, he does, though. Like, that's the thing. <laughs> but he kind of like, does. Well, he does actually play Smeagol they, when they do those flashbacks in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, they have to, you know, but even his characters that he does, they, they do. He does actually kind of look like them because he does... You know, it's motion capture, so... He doesn't really look like Caesar, though. No. Or Snoke. Yeah. <laughs> but, <Ooh>. um... 
off. But yeah, I'm I'm I'm, uh, I'm excited. I, I I think you know it could be uh, uh you know you know I I love the genre, but it's clearly getting a little stale. So hopefully, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it, oh. it does look like one that could kind of change things up a lot right for instance i watched uh dr strange last night rewatched mm-hmm. uh doesn't really hold up the, I, I think the only thing that held up for me that was like really awesome was special effects well that, they're amazing they're amazing and I, yeah. and I was just thinking like i should have seen this in 3d when it was out um but yeah there's not like the story is really boring and he's so unredeemable as a character he's such a dickhead and I don't care. I don't care about him at all. And Rachel McAdams is useless in it. Mm-hmm. She is useless. Tilda That's Swinton, bad. I'll give you. Yeah, She's extremely is, useless. Tilda Swinton's really the only cool character in the whole movie. She's interesting. She has like you know a dark dark side to her. But I don't know. And then there's the what's his face character who like surprisingly like betray or mm-hmm. becomes evil at the end. It's like oh okay. I yeah. guess we're in this movie now. Here's a post-credit scene that <laughs> tells all this character's motivation. Right. It does. It, it it does. It does fill. It does fit the like Marvel Mad Libs movie where they just kind of like <laughs> fill in the blanks of uh, how a good origin story goes, which you know, and it's good. It works. It's all it's entertaining and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I just think that as fun as they are all the time, uh, stale is definitely a word to describe. I think where we are with it. Mm-hmm. For sure, yeah. and I, I would, I will, I would even suggest that Wonder Woman fits that bill in a lot of ways. But um, we'll but, talk about that. Yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about why it's different, though. <laughs> I yeah, I'm, ex- I'm I would love to hear that. I'm ex- I, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I can't wait to talk about Wonder Woman. Um, uh, other news. Um, this isn't really news, but I found this to be interesting. Um. One, because I think like listicles, like list articles, um, I think are not as uh, trendy as they were even like a year ago. Mm-hmm. I just don't see a lot of them anymore. I think they've been replaced with Trump think pieces. Uh, <laughs> what is going on with our society today? I'll tell you what. Gavin? If I could list 10 things, what's wrong with our country? But they're not list forums anymore. They're more just, you know, here's why you're doomed. <laughs> Anyways, um, here's New why York I Time, ca- here's why I have a hard time tucking my kid in, in bed at night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, Manola Dargis and A.O. Scott of the New York Times thought it'd be productive to, you know, because we're in the 17th year of this century, I guess, to uh, put out a list of the 25 best films of the 21st century. Mm-hmm. So far, um. This is with this is interesting. It's with contributions from Catherine Bigelow, Guillermo del Toro, Ava DuVernay, Barry Jenkins, Richard Linklater, Robert Pattinson, and Michelle Williams. One of those things are different than the rest, aren't they? I know, right? Well, <laughs> two of those things are, but one for sure is. I mean, <laughs> do you think they all were in a room together? talking about this or they just emailed they they sent a blast email out to a bunch of film people and and those are the people that responded yeah yeah i'm not doing anything i mean that's a that's a ridiculous list of people it's like great director and then then robert pattinson yeah Yeah, great directors and then robert pattinson and a good a very good actress 
Not that Robert Pattinson isn't a bad act or isn't a good actor, but it's just weird. Very weird. Um, yeah, super strange. Anyway, let's let's look at this list. And I don't know. I guess I'm assuming that this is in order of best. You know, not best is number one. Yeah. Um. It just it just gets strange. Not strange. Just sort of shocking. Really quickly. Mm-hmm. So number, number one is there will be. Uh, Callan, have you looked at this list? Yes. Yeah, and I'm looking at it right now too. Okay, so number one is there will be blood. Mm-hmm. I do like this article the way it's written and and laid out though. There's like a cool GIF ab- from the movie above every yeah. uh, every part. So sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh, it is cool. And then they have basically everyone commenting. Dargis and Scott just go back and forth like an email chain, mm-hmm. which is cool. I like I like articles like that. Um, Anyways, there will be blood. Not, is that the best movie of the 21st century, guys? I mean, I, <laughs> I if, if I look at a list and I see it as number one, I'm not upset that it's number one. I like it, it wouldn't be mine, but it seems to be one of those movies that's like, yep, that's it. That's the number one movie forever now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'm not one of those people who's like a champion of this movie. I, I think it's good, but I'm not in love with it. Me too. I actually think we've we've had. I think there was one episode where we talked to this in great length. I think for some reason, yeah. but I, if I recall, um, and I'm definitely. I mean, you know what though? I haven't seen this movie since high school. I think, and I just remember being like, okay, that was a movie. Like I don't, I don't really remember being wowed by it as a 17 year old. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you had such high it's, taste it's, it's, back then too. It's definitely. It's definitely due a, 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 a rewatch for me, but yeah, I just I never understood the hype of this movie. That was a strong year too. Mm-hmm. They lost out to No Country for Old Men in the Best Picture, which that wowed me when at the time. So right. And Michael Clayton. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I love that. I movie love that movie. movie. I still no haven't. One I still care. haven't seen it. I gotta see that. I think that might be my um, favorite George Clooney. It's a good movie, right? Yeah, it's really good. It just I thought that that year, I remember, you know, again, as a 16, 17-year-old, just feeling like, why is no one talking about Michael Clayton? I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture, I think. Mm-hmm. Til- Tilda won for Supporting Actress, too. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, screenplay. And, yeah. Okay. Good good script. Anyways, um, Spirited Away is number two. Mm-hmm. I can agree with Japanese that. Japanese anime film, which, you know, I, I love. I probably haven't seen that movie since high school either, but yeah. I remember loving it, of yeah. course. It's a scary movie. Um, I think. Yeah. It is a scary movie. Um, number th- Now, here's where, here's where it just... <laughs> Okay, now this movie I probably I just would say I've never seen. I saw it on a plane once, partially, you know, in and out of falling asleep. Um, but Million Dollar Baby, number three. Um, def- it's not even Clint Eastwood's best film he's made this century. So right, Jersey Boys. <laughs> yeah, Fever Pitch or. Trouble with the curve. What was it called? Trouble with the curve. <laughs> yeah, trouble with the curve. He directed direct that, did he? I think he did. No. Yeah, he directed know, Trouble with the Curve. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's in it with Amy Adams and somebody else. Right. Is Fever Pitch the one with Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Billion Dollar Baby. I don't know. It it's got good performances and it's a good boxing movie, but it. I don't know. It just. And it's sad. It's 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 a very Oscar-y drama. 
and I, I like the ending to it. But I don't know if it's the third best movie. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I I, I watch this movie a lot, and I and I do I do like this movie. But to say that it's number three, and I, I should probably read their like their rationale for doing this. I kind of just looked at everyone and didn't read <coughs> read what they had to say about it. But to put and even you know just go we'll go down the list. There's some movies I just think are like far superior to Million Dollar Baby. Not saying Million Dollar Baby is a bad movie. I just think that. It is a very safe movie, and like we we've discussed this with Clint Eastwood many times. It's a safe, good movie. I don't think it does anything groundbreaking to call it, it to call it a best or important film of this century. Or are we on century? Yeah, century. Yeah, and A.O. Scott writes. I don't know, he has, he puts in this whole anecdote about the first time he saw it with with his editor, and. Uh, I just like the, the the end of this. His his point is, um, fifty years from now is the end credit scroll on whatever screen viewers are watching this movie on, which is like a weird allusion to like <laughs> we're not gonna like we're gonna be watching it on our watches or something. Um, <laughs> they will reach the same conclusion my editor did back in two thousand four. This is what a movie looks like, <laughs> which is like the same reaction I had to do. Uh, there will be blood. <laughs> it's, a mo- it's a movie. This, this is a movie. Usually, when I walk out of a movie theater, I think that was a movie. <laughs> so, so. It actually that from that paragraph, it sounds like Ao Scott thinks that in fifty years we won't be watching movies. <clears throat> so that so the expect so that when you when the credits roll after watching Million Dollar Baby on whatever screen they're we'll watching it on, people actually will go, "That's what a movie looks like, son." Hmm. Anyways, that's not really what he means, but um, the rest of the list is a bunch of movies I've never heard of. Yeah, um, a lot of foreign films, Korean and Chinese films. Number seven, Inside Out, I found pretty interesting because I could I can yeah. agree with that. I think. Yeah, I can get on that. It's so weird though because like, it didn't do great in the box office. I think it's just because it's a really mature kids film. <laughs> I would even argue it's not really a kids movie, but except for the colors. My thing with my thing with Inside Out being number seven here is, do you think? I mean, I just don't think that A.O. Scott thought that that was the best film of 2015. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I I just don't. I can't imagine that he put that as his best film that year. Yeah, I don't know. Which which I guess obviously I don't know. And Eight then, is Boyhood. Yeah, I don't like that movie, so I'm not. Yeah, that I mean, yeah, I. I and it, it's ranked above Moonlight. Moonlight's further down this list. And it does like, like the same something. thing, but like so much better. <laughs> right. And I like the Hurt Locker, number 10. I, It's yeah. kind of weird. Like, These I, are all movies, honestly. Inside Lou and Davis. There Will Be Blood. These, these are movies that I was just like, yeah, that was a movie. Yeah. Like I never, they're not things that resonate with me. Right. I, I think Inside Lou and Davis does for me. That, that was one of my favorites of 2013. <laughs> Um, Every time I see it, all I can see is inside Gina Davis. I don't know why. <laughs> I just... I'd see that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. A lot of movies I don't know. Munich made the list, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, Munich. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Mad Max Fury Road at number 19, which I can agree with as an action film. I mean, and just like 
visual and technical achievement. Um, number 20, Moonlight. What is another one? I'm Here's one. Number 22, I'm Not There. I don't understand that. I liked the movie when I first watched it because I was like a fan of Bob Dylan. Watching it again, that movie is like a mess. Mm-hmm. I like Kate Blanchett's uh, performance because it's just different. Um, and she really does look like Bob Dylan <laughs> with the wig and everything. Uh, but I don't, I don't understand that movie really at all. It's, it's a very strange, weird, jumbled wreck. I don't understand how it's above Eternal Sunshine. I don't understand how a lot of these movies are above Eternal Sunshine. (laughs) And 40-Year-Old Virgin at number 25, which is pretty good. So number 25 is 40-Year-Old Virgin, which is just, that to me is like, okay, they put that in there to just stir up stuff. I mean, come on. I mean, it's a good movie, but it it is kind of the first of its kind, though, as, as comedies of the 21st century have played out. Like, yeah, you, they were like, we can need to put a comedy in here. What's been the best comedy? Right. You know? I mean, the best comedy this century has clearly been Anchorman. Maybe. Mm-hmm. That kind of even kicked off 40-year-old version. Right. That To me, that's the movie that's like... That, yeah, defined, that, that's at least, the start of it all, really. Yeah. Or super bad. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Depends all how right, you like so, your comedies. Y- y- What's the best movie of the 21st century, guys? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I have mine. Oh, you know what? I might have mine, too. I'm going to say Wally. Mm. I respect that. Yeah. yeah. Wally it was my favorite for a very long time. I think it still is. Whenever I watch it, I'll, if it's like on TV, I'll actually sit and watch it because it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's fair. I think that that's, yeah, that could be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Colin? I um I think there's like four movies that aren't on this list that should be, but if I had to pick one that should be, um, and it's probably my favorite movie, um, Children of Men. Ooh. That was a, my, one of my favorites for a while, too. Yeah, it's really great. But I'm also surprised that Tree of Life isn't on here. I'm really surprised that um, City of God isn't on here. Um, I'm uh, also surprised Moulin Rouge isn't on here. Chicago? I don't like Moulin Rouge or Chicago. <laughs> Chicago's okay. Um, but if you're going to put a musical on here, I mean... La La Land? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies that like just stand out completely to me. I can't think of very many. this century has totally sucked for movies i I mean no country for old men that that's up there (laughs) the way you said that sounds like it's a it's a movie it's like an anti-gary oldman movie (laughs) no yeah you're right no country for old men um (laughs) this is no country for old men yeah no i'm surprised that's not even on this list uh that that's a great movie um Yet inside Lewin Davis is. I'm surprised that none of Nolan's Batman movies are on. Yeah, I, I honestly, if if I was to create a crazy think piece about this movie, I think, or sorry, I think piece about best movies of the 20th first century, I would put The Dark Knight on there. Like, if you were, ta- I don't know if they're really taking into effect 
and like things that define this century mm-hmm. of filmmaking. But I think The Dark Knight probably would 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 find its way in the top three simply because. You know, again, all we see is superhero movies, and although no one really does that kind of superhero movie anymore, it did really jumpstart everything. And actually, What's going probably on right now, yeah. the Sam Raimi Spider Man's probably would be in that vein too. That's so true. Yeah, it's like, what are they? What are you trying to tell me with this list? It's like, right? You have to, you know, show a person in a hundred years like what twenty first century cinema was. Is it the 25 movies that you would show them? Or is it your personal 25 favorites? I well, I think... I don't know what, they yeah, mean, what the what goal the of this article the is. Most, the most like influential. Because then if influential, it would definitely be Dark Knight mm-hmm. and Iron Man even. And yeah. <clears throat> Spider-Man. Lost in Translation mm-hmm. is another good mm-hmm. one. I, I think Grand Budapest Hotel should also be considered because that is a any Wes Anderson movie yeah. really yeah yeah fantastic like Wes Anderson has shaped the current landscape of indie twee movies <laughs> for forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will always have a guy wearing a vest and with a mustache and doing something weird <laughs> from here on out. Yep, mustaches. <laughs> Good, By the way, good uh, contribution there, Caleb. <laughs> Clint Eastwood did not direct Trouble with the Curve. I have to correct you guys. Yes, was... he did. No, he did. What? I thought he did. Was he was, he was named... in it then, wasn't he? He was definitely in it. Oh. It's a guy. It was his directorial debut. It's uh, a guy named Robert Lorenz. Oops. Is that like that? That's a guy, like, yes, man. She's a guy. He was yeah. the second unit director on Mystic River and, and Million Dollar Baby American and American Sniper, Sniper. and Space Cowboys. He do, was the first assistant director. Doing, um, doing a favor. Yeah, he's worked on like every Clint Eastwood movie, so it's like <laughs> basically Clint Eastwood directed Trouble with the Curve. You know, do you, you think idiot? Space Cowboys would make anyone's list of the top twenty-five movies of the twenty-first century? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what about the Garbage Man? Kicking man, garbage can kicking man. <laughs> what was that? Was that nineties? <laughs> I don't know. You never heard of that? Garbage. Oh, the. You, what are you talking about? You talking about <laughs> freaking? I just thought it's space cowboys. I was trying to think of something else. All right. Anyways, broke um, back mountain. Uh, let's let's finish finish up news real quick. Uh, two iconic. Actors who played campy versions of famous characters that have been played by multiple people over multiple generations passed away since we last met. And that is, of course, Roger Moore, James James Bond's Roger Moore, and Batman's Adam West passed away uh, yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that Roger Moore died. Roger Moore did die, yes. This is the first I'm hearing of that. Oh, really? I hope so, really? because then if not, I'm I'm lying, and that's weird. No, he's... To, no, I'm kidding. He's dead. Definitely uh, dead. <laughs> I was like, are you serious? <laughs> um, they both lived great, long lives. They're both into their late 80s. Um, and uh, just kind of crazy that uh, it's crazy to me that first on the Roger Moore thing, he's the first Bond to go. Like, yeah, that's you're right. pretty interesting um, to me, I guess. And uh, he also did seven Bond films, which I don't think. You know, and a lot of people like he's the least favorite Bond to a lot of people, at least especially our age, because I think 
more than any of the Bond movies, those movies don't hold up because they're really, really, really campy and fun, less than they are spy and action movie-like. Mm-hmm. Um, but the guy played seven Bond movies, and I don't think anyone will ever pass that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is which is interesting. I mean, he will always have the mantle for doing it the most. And in a sense, because of that, I think, you know, Sean Connery, I think, will always be James Bond before anyone, but... You know, Roger Moore did the most. So mm-hmm. the most uh, corny ones. Like he he did the ones that are like universally kind of mocked as like goofy movies. I think. Yes. No, they are. But I think that you know, that's just a product of you know, bonds are always products of their decades and uh that's what the people wanted at the time. You know, I think you you really you see that in uh well, kind of, you know, in Batman, in, in Adam West Batman, too. Yeah. I mean, they they both just didn't take things that seriously. Like, the idea of a superhero or a super spy was just ridiculous. Whereas today, we, we you know, we take things a little too seriously, probably. It's a <laughs> serious world, who, man. Right, with guys who fight crime and, you know, save the world by themselves. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, and then Adam West, of course. Uh, also, I, I think almost probably more for our generation known for Family Guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. he is a character <laughs> on Family Guy and he uh, plays himself. And I think it's just one of the funniest parts of that show. He plays like a crazy mayor who is actually Adam West. I like this this idea that Welcome the guy who plays Batman. Today we commemorate those brave Quahog soldiers who <laughs> perished in the recent Gulf conflict. I can think of no greater tribute to their memories than this solid gold statue of Diggum, the Sugar Smacks Frog. <laughs> I, love, I do love that. Yes, me too. He was he was really funny on that show. He's very great. It's kind of it is sad. He was getting up there though, and he was a knight, Sir Roger Moore. Or Sir Roger Marks, not Adam West. I'm getting them confused. <laughs> they died too soon together. Um, any other thoughts on on uh, those two, Colin? Colin, have you seen any of the Roger Moore uh, Batman or B- B- Bond movies? No, yeah, you're doing it too. No, I haven't. Um, Octopussy. You, you know there are really good ones though, like like Live and Let Die is a good movie in a Bond way. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, Clarify. You know, Spy, Spy Who Loved Me is really good. For Your Eyes Only is really good. Um, there are some crazy ones. I mean, A View to a Kill is probably one of the worst movies you'll ever see as far as franchise films go. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is seriously bad. That was his last movie. I don't know if I've um, seen that one. It's with uh, like Christopher Walken's a bad guy in that movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I've never even uh, heard of that one. Really? Yeah. Uh, Moonraker is crazy. Moonraker is crazy, and the interesting thing about Moonraker, I think, I, I think I'm gonna get this right. At the end of, uh, you know, back in the day, they used to make these movies like every year, and at the end of the credits, they would say James Bond will be back, and it would actually say the title of the next movie. Mm-hmm. And so in 1977, um, it was uh, a spy who loved me, and at the end of that movie, it said something like James Bond will be back in. Uh, for your eyes only. I think I'm getting this right. Mm-hmm. But the next movie that came out actually was Moonraker because after Star Wars, 
The, the we gotta get stuff in space. <laughs> it's, it's seriously, this is what happened. Eon Pictures went, "Hey, we we gotta put, we gotta get some, we gotta get on the space money." <laughs> space. And um, you know, there's so many funny things about. That. I mean, the book Moonraker has nothing to do with space, and uh, or at least going to space the way that Moon, you know, just 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 to say that in that movie in Moonraker, James James Bond literally goes to space. And fights with lasers and like it's crazy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's like a bunch of there's like a shootout in space and there's a bunch of like guys slowly floating around with like lasers shooting back and forth. Oh, I love right. it. <laughs> it's very. Weird. I mean, so I, I but I would I would suggest watching some of them at least clips and stuff of Roger Moore. I mean, you know, see, uh, this goes for Adam West too. Those movies, the Batman movie and the TV show, and the Bond movies of Roger Moore, they're all looked back in this kind of ironic fascination. But the 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 truth is is that both of those guys were were good looking cool dudes, and that could play this. They really did play like heroes, but also did it with comedy. And I think that's they did it well. And I think it's hard to do. And I think you know, well, it's thanks. hard to to ride that line of heroic and slapstick comedy. <laughs> well, well, thanks, old they chum, old chum. I, I I love my favorite Batman TV show clip is when he is being called by Commissioner Gordon and the mayor to talk. They're and they're both like wanting to talk to um, Bruce Wayne and uh, and get Batman on the other line. So he's like <laughs> he has two phones to his ears and he's like yeah, picking one yeah. up and as Bruce Wayne and putting it down and the other one is Batman. And he's like, uh, "Tell me what he says." And bro, oh, <laughs> just it's really comical. Back and forth with two phones. It's very I, good. I, the, the, you know the other thing about the Batman series that people don't seem to understand sometimes is like they they were trying to be funny. It's not bad in a in a way where like oh this is just shitty. Or it's not funny in a way that this is just shitty. Like they were, it's a comedy show. Like they were trying to be funny. It that just doesn't resonate with us today because the idea that Batman is like a a character for comedy makes no sense to us. But like they they were being funny. I don't know. Mm-hmm. People don't seem to. Yeah. No, get, I get, get I get that. Get that. <laughs> How could you like? How could you not understand that by watching that show? Yeah. I'd be like, wow, they actually thought this was serious. Yeah, like, yeah I think some people, I, I, Well, I think people that don't <laughs> don't watch it or haven't watched it or don't want to watch it, like you don't know. No, everyone's like, well, that's stupid. That's not my Batman. But like, if you go into it being like, okay, I'm gonna watch a funny sitcom from the '60s, it is really funny. Like they're smart and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just like a lot of people are like, well, that's just not. Just not fair to the character. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I my first introduction to like the Adam West Batman's was in The Simpsons actually, when they're watching it and uh, they're he's like tied to a, him and Robin are tied to like a carousel that's spinning out of control and uh, after it all he's like, wow, thanks Batman, you really got us out of that bind and he's like. Well, thanks to my carousel reversal spray, I was he like holds up, he holds up like a can carousel reversal spray. Um, yeah. Did anyone watch the Wonder? Just to segue here, did any? Did you guys ever watch the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show? No, no. only clips. I don't think I've ever really seen an episode of it, but it, it was popular. I because- heard. 
I mean, I just I want to say that just like Adam West Batman, we take for granted, like was a popular show and kind of, you know, when no one cared about comic books in the television realm, um, it's it started a lot of these shows. I mean, the idea that they could, oh, let's do a Hulk show. Let's do a Wonder Woman show. Mm-hmm. Let's do Spider-Man. Like there was a lot of things yeah. that it started. Let's do a Justice League TV show. Uh, that was like a big thing in the, in the 70s. Lois and Clark. Let's do it. Come on. Lois and Clark. <laughs> um no i i haven't uh i haven't seen wonder woman but i i've heard it's really campy but not in like a batman sort of way like like just bad Bad, bad special (laughs) effects way like they they cut to her in the invisible jet and it was just like a doll like sitting in in (laughs) midair i'm really upset that the invisible jet did not make its way into this new movie she doesn't have Um, bruce wayne's money yet (laughs) <laughs> I want to. I just want to. If if they can pull that off and it not be ridiculous, then they can have all my money. <laughs> they would have to. Yeah, it would. They're gonna make it boring. And it's just gonna be like a cloaking device, so she's invisible too. It's not just gonna be her like floating around. <laughs> it's really <laughs> sitting <stupid>. down. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's get into it, guys. Let's do it. I'm, okay. I'm, one, I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Let's get into Wonder Woman. This is uh, the. Third film in the in the in in Warner Brothers' response to Marvel's universe, right? The third film in the DC universe, which is Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Wonder Woman. Justice League is calling, coming out this fall. Um, yeah, God, so there's a lot like of expectations. Though, I think it? I think a lot was <laughs> riding on this film, right? Like yeah. in terms of in terms of fan response and critical acclaim. Like if I I was I got the feeling that if this if this movie was not well received, that I had the feeling that Warner Brothers would be like, "All right, let's hang it up." <laughs> yeah, all right, we're done here. I really, fun. I really got that sense because they were, you know, just the, the Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman. Although they made money. Oh, sorry, I forgot Suicide Squad. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. You can forget it. It's fine. I've tried to, Squad. and it just doesn't work. <laughs> that that was a failure. But you know, am I wrong? Did you guys feel that way? That this was, there was a lot riding on this movie. I think so. Yeah. Uh, not just for DC's sake, but a lot of people, for some reason, are putting it like, if this doesn't succeed, the fate of women is over. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of like, well, you know, it, it, it kind of in a way like, you know, the way that like people complain, Ghostbusters yeah. kind of, you know, put fuel to the anti-woman fire being like, well, that movie sucks. So women shouldn't be leads in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there, there, I, yeah, Colin, did you think there was before we get into it? Did you think there was a lot riding on this movie? Um, no, honestly, no. I think because expectations were so low that it was kind of I like, guess. okay, here it comes. Yep. And I, I mean, this could be also be because I don't have cable. Um, I, I rarely saw any advertisements leading up to it. No, um, it's not. It's not because you don't have cable. This, there was this was just not a marketed movie at all. No, it, it really was. I I don't think I ever saw a single TV spot for it, even while watching sports and stuff. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I I don't remember seeing any advertisements for it until I heard it was good. Right, <clears throat> and then I was like, oh, then then it was like on my banners on on websites. I, I feel like it. a ton of a ton of um, box office growth for this is based on word of mouth. Like they're just. A lot of people saw it on the first and opening weekend and 
like every day it just increased because people are like, oh, it's actually really good. It's really good. It's really good. And like, oh, okay, I guess. I really, yeah, I really think it's a phenomenon in that sense. I mean, especially considering how, how balls to the wall Suicide Squad was marketed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that movie was just over-marketed. And I, I, I figured that, and that worked for them. I mean, it, it did well at the box office. Yeah. Um, it was so terrible. I got, I got the sense... <laughs> I, I got the sense from the lack of marketing, even here in L.A., where you you always see billboards everywhere of every movie coming out. You didn't see a lot of you. You saw Wonder Woman on park benches, like that was it. You didn't see <laughs> yeah, no big no big billboards or anything. The, the, the before like the week before you started seeing them, but not in the month in in advance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I, I just want to before we, before we get into it, I think that a big part of the response here is low expectations. I think yeah. it really helped this movie in a, in a in a bizarre way, and I think accidentally the lack of marketing really helped this movie. Huh. And I and I I will be interested to see how DC continues to, you know, go about that if they think that that somehow helped its response. Um. But yeah, Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman, and she reprises her role from Batman vs Superman, also starring Chris Pine, Robin Wright, um, and some other people, <laughs> most of which are men. Um, Was let's it get into it. Danny uh, Houston, John what? Houston, who's the villain? Danny. Yeah, the Houston, Danny Houston. Danny mm-hmm. Houston. Yeah. Ludendorff. Um, yeah, let's get into it. Um, uh, let's see, uh, Colin, what were uh, what were your first thoughts on Wonder Woman? Um, I was pleasantly surprised, I guess I should say. Um, I also think that what this movie's done um, culturally and um, um, socially is probably better in more important than the film is itself. Um, that's not mm-hmm. saying that's not saying I didn't not like the film. I would say overall I am positive on it. Um, but I also think that it does fall into certain stereotypes and tropes that we see in a lot of superhero films. And while that to me is a negative, I think a lot of people can look at that as a positive and I respect looking like at that as a positive mm-hmm. um but to to me as someone who doesn't like in this is just how i view superhero movies to someone who doesn't like um typically doesn't like superhero movies and is very tired of them it was just another further example how i am very tired of superhero movies that being said them taking the script and flipping it as and making the the lead in action a woman and then the side piece the eye candy the man is really is really fascinating and I'm glad that it happened, um, so like I said I think culturally, some and in society it's way more important movie than what the movie is actually as a movie um, if that makes sense I don't know yeah, that, <laughs> like that it's sense. better socially and the social for the social dialogue than it is an actual movie because i don't think as a movie it's that great yeah i would say that it's um it's like a good to average marvel movie and the fact i mean you said it kills the expectations were so low because it was a, Diz- a dc film um i think that caused the response to it to be 
much better, like much more positive than we thought. And going into it, I, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I saw the reviews and that it was very good. So I, my expectations were starting to raise. And when I got in, I enjoyed it throughout. First act is good. Second act is good. Third act kind of falters a little, but I was still emotionally involved in, um, in Gal Gadot's character. Gadot, thanks to Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, 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 Gal. Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I want to remind everyone that's how you say it. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was very, uh, very enamored by Diana, and her character and her arc throughout the film, of you know having hope in humanity and having it slowly taken away, even to the very end. Um, that's something you don't see in superhero movies. And and I like that there were moments in this film where it was like, yes, she is a superhero, like, and she's a good person. Whereas we didn't get that in man of steel and we don't get that. in Batman V Superman, these are all, well, we get it in Batman V Superman from wonder woman. Mm-hmm. Like she's the best part of that movie. And mm-hmm. I right. guess we should have seen it coming that she's very charismatic and she can carry this role. And I really enjoyed the movie. It's it's dark. It has a lot of dark themes to it. Like I said, I was moved toward the end, and um, yeah, teared up, kind of sobbing at like at parts, which is, I don't know. I I tear up and I I sob during big you know action blockbusters, but I don't during like <laughs> small dramas. It's very yeah, weird. I know. very I weird. Uh, just all the music and everything, and yeah, I liked it. Yeah, um, I liked it too. I, I did. I, I but I as a movie, I think I liken it to, you know, how much I liked Jurassic World. Like it's that sort of like for me. Like it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's my genre. It's something that I enjoy watching. Um, but it didn't blow me away in any sort of story way. It didn't blow me away in any sort of character arc way. I mean, I like the characters in terms of. Like Chris Pine, I think is absolutely fantastic, and Gal Gadot, of course. I mean, I, I think, I guess, what I'm saying is, I think the reason everyone is fawning over this movie is 100% her. I think she's so shockingly charismatic and funny and powerful, and like she, she literally has every part that it takes to play this role that I didn't think people thought she could do for two hours. Really, I don't think that people thought she was a leading role. Um, kind of actress yet and uh, again like you say Mitch why didn't we see that coming I don't know because she's stole the show in Batman vs Superman um, but uh, again I think she is this movie and that's why I enjoyed it I think like unlike other DC movies the the thing that stands apart is this movie actually has heart <laughs> which I think is what you're saying too Mitch like yeah. she's a good person She there's like a reason for this movie existing to yeah. like inspire us which is what you should have in a superhero movie that you re- don't get in Batman versus Superman, you don't get in Suicide Squad, yeah. you vaguely get in Man of Steel. Um, in Man of Steel, you get a message, but it's repeated over and over and over again. <laughs> it's not. And it's also nothing like new. the wrong message sometimes. Yeah. You're like, why is that in a Superman in movie? Daddy um, Kent. Dumb, yeah. Dumbass. Um, <laughs> but but you know, but all that being said, I think the other. The biggest takeaway I had from this movie was lost opportunities. Okay. I think, I think for a movie that should be more abashedly, unabashedly feminist, I, I think it isn't mm. in a lot of ways. Like I, I don't think it goes there. 
I think you you look at the trailer for Black Panther and you're like, that movie wants to be a black film. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this movie and I, I I it was like almost like this movie didn't want to be a, a a woman like a film for women as much as it should have been. And and I might be. It might not be my place to say that, but I that's just how I felt. I think something like Jessica Jones or something like Ray in, in Force Awakens were, were much more really cut to the core for, you know, women in film and TV than this movie did. Um, as far as the story structure goes, again, Gal is amazing, but I don't think story and character did it as much as it should have in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take, I mm-hmm. guess. I also just want to say that this movie did feel like a DC film in the sense that it felt like there was so much going on in this movie that was um, undeveloped or underdeveloped, like the same way that the previous three films in this universe feel, which is that there was 15 or 20 writers. Like it felt like that. I don't know if it did, if it was that way, but it just felt like an incomplete script to me. Um, I think I can see what you're saying. There's There are some moments that don't, they don't, they're not as smooth as you'd want it to be but but it still works um whereas in like suicide squad and other movies and like batman vs superman stuff it doesn't so is that the director yes i uh, yes i do i think um <coughs> like it seems like gal saved the movie on screen but patty jenkins saved a bad script um or just a okay script or an okay script through really smart directorial decisions to kind of in my mind keep the movie going Mm -hmm. in in terms of like you don't really think about the story at all in this movie you're more focused on the relationship between gal and chris pine basically Mm -hmm. Um, yeah no i i mm -hmm. understand i get that and that's that's what makes the the film bearable to watch and you can watch it for you know for its characters and for its um comedy even there's there's actually some funny moments in this movie and when it's a dc film and i don't think there's a single funny moment in any other one (laughs) so right yeah um going off that point too and something before i get into any negatives i have about something that i really responded to and thought was really great and it was so refreshing and just great to see someone who actually enjoys having their superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Cause so often we, it's a burden or a, something that they have to overcome, which mm-hmm. is like so played out and so tired that like she actually like has these powers, fucking loves that she has these powers and wants to like use them. Yes. I, I thought it was so, so refreshing to watch. Right. She's actually like excited and determined to save people and use her powers mm-hmm. for good whereas superman is like oh man i gotta go save <laughs> yeah. people i'm out right, of here. Right, i'm out right. of here i'm gonna go live in the ice i don't know right this is not a with great power comes great responsibility movie this is like use your powers because yeah you, just, you can make you can change good yeah you can make things for the better yeah, Colin, that's an interesting point. I never like think about that, but it's true. And in, in in that sense too, there's probably like, you know, a, a theme. Uh, there's there's probably a reason for that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, which is pretty smart and cool. Um, Another thing that I, I I liked that I think, um, put this movie a diff- different and better than other DC movies, um, 
the look of it throughout the first half is really really strong especially when they're on the island and maybe my favorite point a part in the movie is that not really opening action scene but like that first big action scene where they're fighting on the beach uh, with the germans yeah one other than it actually just looking cool and being badass like it was an action scene that took place in the daytime for DC, which is <laughs> yeah, right. something I don't think I've ever seen by them. Uh, so they just have these really bright colors and um, it, it made it just made it look really, really nice. So I thought that was a big positive. Yeah, I thought um, I thought that scene, like the kind of fight scene in the alleyway and then that big that no man's land scene and then the. Like the, the the kind of like the not warehouse scene, but that when that scene where she jumps through the window and shit. I mean, those those are really strong action scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see stuff. You know, the one thing about the action, I will say, I I didn't particularly like was the sl- speed up, slow down stuff, which you know we get in DC movies. But I don't know. I, it was cool to see her flipping around and stuff, but it seemed like those slow motion moments came at very odd times. Um, but. It was good action. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that's a like that's such a minor thing, because um, the action made up for it. It wasn't like sped up and slowed down for a stupid reason. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean. It's kind of ridiculous. Like you. That's a Zack Snyder thing. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see it in real time, because because she kicks ass. <laughs> so she sends people through walls. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, let's talk about Themyscira, the island of, of women that she comes from. Um, Mitch, were you shocked at how little of the movie took place there? Um, or that it didn't come back in the end or, you know, no, I mean, it's the entire first act. So I'm well, not, it, it, it kind of, I mean, it, I, maybe I, I, I remember it more like, I mean, I guess it, it probably is the first act, but I just remember it being like 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah, that's about. It's about. No, the it's longer than that. It's, a, it's close it? to thirty. I think by about the thirty-minute mark is when they're getting on the boat and leaving. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I I liked it. I thought it was cool. Cool setting. Cool design. I liked. I don't. Know, I, I liked it. I I didn't think we were there too long or long enough. Um, I thought it was just right. Um, and I think in future movies we'll see more of it. Obviously. Um. Colin, let me think, rephrase this question for you. Do you think were you shocked? Were you shocked how little Robin Wright is in this movie? Um, shocked? No, I I, um, I wish she was in more because she was fucking great. Yeah. Um, and 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 really interesting. The <laughs> dynamic between her and her sister, I thought, was really interesting. I mean, my favorite my favorite parts of the movie is is when she's on that island. Um. And unfortunately, when Chris Pine comes in, I think that's when the movie starts going off for me. But we'll get there, I think. Um, no, I mean, it was just it was it was great. Like I said earlier, it's a great look to to that whole island. And I think everyone is that has a good chunk of dialogue is really, really in it and really invested in it and believes in what they're saying. And um, no, I, I mean, I could go for longer there and I could take longer for Robin Wright and um her sister, I forget the name of the actress, but um, just really strong all around um, when they're on the island. I wish there was more Robin Wright. I have, well, I, in life, I wish there was more Robin Wright as well. <laughs> I do too wish that there was an, um, 
someone brought this up to me and I, and I thought I'd retroactively being like, oh yeah, that probably should have happened. I wish there was more just about like what life is like on the island and like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some romance on the island or something. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, clearly this is why I talk about missed opportunities. I mean, clearly it's just women. So like, you know, um, it's gotta get frustrating. <laughs> no, 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 no. no I'm, I'm saying that there's, you know, how is there like, there should be a, a, a woman relationship in the movie. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and what better place to have that Island? I mean, I was thinking, you know, what if Robin Wright and her sister, what if they were not sisters? What if they were, you know, her two mothers Lovers. I mean, that, that could have been just a misstop. It's just like so close mm. to being Maybe. super different and super new to this genre that just didn't go. Like that's one aspect to me that just didn't go there and it could have. And it's so obvious that they should go there. Yeah. Well, and especially when she and Chris Pine are on the boat and she basically says, I, I mean, I don't know the line for, for verbatim, but she was like, um, yeah, men are not needed for like for right for this. Right. And when she's, I mean, she like kind of is in, insinuating that like, like, like yeah, she knows all about sexuality. Yeah, but they're also gods, so they create children out of clay. <laughs> so that's but, like I think that I thought that was the, her main. But like, it's oh, not. Yeah, not but it's not. For, I don't know. She she's a god. No one else on the island was though. Well, aren't they all? No, I think they all are. They're all oh, like demigods. Like, well, they're all, but she's much more powerful. Oh, like she's okay. the weapon. Okay. Um, but I do, do, does this Themyscira have like currency? Do they have an economy? <laughs> like, what, <laughs> who do they trade with? Who? Or do, well, are they all yeah, just I've, like they they run through a market? But it's like what? Why would you need to buy anything? Like, I, I'm just like, is everything is just given? It might be a trading economy. Yeah. <laughs> You're importing and exporting too. Yeah. Like, everybody just has. They're all just like a big, happy, powerful God family. <laughs> so can I? Can I? While we're on the subject, and I want to get to Chris Pine, just quick, uh, Colin. But while we're on the subject of Themyscira, I'm gonna as we go through this. There's certain things where I'm like, okay. Clearly there was a scene missing or clearly the script was uh, there was something else going on here that they took out. There's this weird scene on Themyscira where she goes and gets the sword mm-hmm. and she has to like jump and crawl along the side of the castle and break in and all this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is it's so inexplicable to me because we see her as a child earlier on in the movie standing near it just walking so in yeah <laughs> there's there's nothing to indicate this is what i this is what i'm talking about this is such a dc thing to me there's nothing to indicate like that scene makes no sense because there's nothing to indicate that she can't walk into that castle and get the sword they, there was clearly a scene to me that was like oh it's forbidden to go there or or you know she touched it one day and they said hey you can't go there we need to we're going to break the bridge that goes here and no one can jump that. There's seriously got to be something there that they took out of the movie. And in the moment, I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, I, why, can't, why can't you just walk in? I figured there were guards and she didn't want people to know that she was doing that. But the only yeah, other... There's, there, there's a million reasons why it could be. Just like, they just don't it's, show it's, it. It's, so it seems like a, like a lack of care right. that they don't go and explain that. I figured one of the main reasons for the scene is to show that she can punch through like brick and stone. <laughs> like she she's like hitting the she's really damaging the structural integrity of that tower just to climb up of it <laughs> <laughs> just smashing into it and using it to as a like a 
handle grip. <laughs> it just it just seemed so. It's weird. Like I don't know. Like it just came out of nowhere right, that but she then, has to bre- break in. Then we don't see her leave that area, so she just like grabs the sword and the shield and is like, "All right, bye, bye." And she just walks out the front door like, "Hey, wait." <laughs> and no one and no one seems to care either. So yeah. why is she breaking in? Why couldn't she go ask someone? Right. Hey, can I have the keys? <laughs> sure, Diana. <laughs> Come on back. Anyways, um, so that's one one script thing I thought was weird. Um, Colin, you, I just, cause you mentioned it and let's get to other people in this movie and other places. Uh, what you, you didn't like Chris Pine. I, I, I liked Chris Pine and I liked his acting in it. I, what I didn't like was the forced romance between the two. Just absolutely awful. And I don't even think needed. I didn't find it forced. But I don't know. I didn't find it forced until he says "I love you" at the very, like, very end. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't the affection, the, um, the sexual attraction. I understand, but him saying "I love you" to me kind of jumped the romantic shark. Like it's just like, uh, it's just so. You don't really, I don't know, you don't really get that in these movies well, anymore. I mean, it, cause, go ahead. I don't know. It just seems so contrived, especially since there's that scene where you see that scene unfold and then later you find out that he said, I love you for some reason. Like that all kind of was weird to me and just like was a little corny. I guess we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get to that moment because I think there's yeah. reasons behind that moment. But, but I, I don't know. I, I think. First of all, she's gorgeous. So physical and sexual attraction, it's like definitely play into it as a as a guy. <laughs> so and Steve Trevor is the guy in the movie. Um, but I think he he yeah. But it, I don't know. He I, there's something about their like attraction to each other. And I know it's only a few days that they're with each other. But I, wouldn't you fall in love with a girl who runs into no man's land and like? kills a bunch of Germans and saves people and has like this charismatic and, and charming naivete. I don't know. I mean, yes and no. Um, you can love someone as a friend and I wish that that's what the relationship is going for. And I mean, obviously she's beautiful. Like, and he's a man, like I, I, I get that. I don't get why she was like all for it too. She just lived her whole fucking life on the Island. And why just like, now this is the one person like she needs. It's this man. It was just very weird to me. And I don't know if it's based off the comic book that like she falls in love with this guy and like never like dates a man after him. But uh I don't know, it just didn't seem right for her character to 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 go with this guy. And if she did go with this guy, and I just the whole scene of them like going into like that hotel together and then the door closing, you don't see anything. It's just, it was very weird to me. I just don't get why that relationship needed a sexual component on it when like a friendship respect thing would seem more realistic and more in place for what this movie's trying to do. And it doesn't he mention that he's married or something? Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. That. I don't. I don't remember. I thought that. he mentioned that he was with someone. 
but I, I could I could be wrong, but I don't remember. I th- I think he serves an interesting role in the movie, and I think the way that he guides Diana through this really awful time in our history is I I think I don't know it's just very necessary I didn't I liked that he was like an it's kind of funny he was an example of like what man is capable of in terms of like goodness and hope and which I found funny because in the beginning she's like I never I never found anyone else I could love and it's like well yeah when your first guy you come across is Steve Trevor, (laughs) (laughs) a like spy who's trying to end war is pretty like uh, nobody's going to live up to that. (laughs) But I, I think, I think the, the romance thing didn't bother me. I don't, I I don't really know how else to to put it. It's Um, it's just weird because like the obvious choice in this movie is to not have a romance. mm Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the clear, obvious, like, okay, a movie that's going to be empowering for women. And like we're so sick of seeing forced romances in movies between a woman and a man and a man who helps out a woman. You know, like I'm going to save you through my penis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so so I in, in that sense, I respect them for being I, this is I, I got it. I was like, OK, but we can have romance. Like, I understand that. Like, and that's also fun. Like. They're just like the way they went about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, the, like, like I agree, Colin. Like, the, okay, they, they did it, right? Like, that's kind of weird for me. Like, you didn't have to see them do it or like imply that they do it. Mm-hmm. Like, they could just love each other. Yeah. Um, and then also the line, just the explicit, like, I love you scene is just so, there's just better ways to, to do it. I don't know what it is, but I guess so. You know. and, I mean, you're wonderful. What just if you, what have you said that? <laughs> oh, no, thank God there wasn't a moment like that in this movie. <laughs> I, I was like, I half expected. I literally like this is what I'm talking about: low expectations. But I, I, I think that we're just glad there wasn't a line in this movie where Steve Trevor goes, "I guess you're some sort of Wonder Woman." <laughs> wonderful <laughs> I mean, woman. Literally, because that line wasn't in the movie, it just is like way better than all the other movies. In this <laughs> yeah, frame. you're a wonderful girl. <laughs> Um, I think on this subject, though, I, I do want to bring up, and I'm not to just keep criticizing, but just the interesting choices made for a movie that is, you know, a big moment in women in film history, which it is. This is a, this, it shouldn't be downplayed at all. Um, and for a movie where, like you say, in the first act, everyone is a woman, there's a shocking amount of men in this movie. And it's also a movie that barely passes the Bechtel test. I mean, if at all, I, I, no, guess, I looked it, it up, I guess technically it, it does it in the beginning passes. of the movie. There, um, there are numerous women talking about things that aren't a guy. Well, not really. I mean, there's numerous, there's numerous women's talk. There, yes, there are numerous women talking about things that aren't a guy, but there are not numerous times because most of what they're talking about in Themyscira is Ares and Zeus. And if you're looking at them as men, it doesn't pass the test. That's there's very few moments where that's a stretch, not. I think, because they're not talking about them as like lovers or it's like, oh my god, like, do you think he's I don't think that's about the point me? of the Bechtel, I don't think that's the point of the Bechtel test. The point is, is that men are still controlling the story. I don't think it has to do with romance. It has to do with they're still the 
the dominant, hmm. you know, part of the movie. I don't know. I just think it's. I just think it's. Interesting. I mean, that's not to say that a movie, for example, I don't think The Force Awakens passes the Bechdel test, um, and I don't think that's the. That's not the end all be all of a movie that that has a, a good strong female character or story. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I don't think that it, it doesn't. I just think it's interesting that a movie like this barely passes it. In uh, for me. What's most notable is the those three mercenary tag team ragtag group of people that joined this movie halfway through. It's just shocking to me that those were not women characters. Uh, see, that's where I kind of have a problem because we're we're talking about the front lines of World War One, and in, unless you can point, but to they're me not a, soldiers. I know, but unless you can point to me a a historic like in history of a group of mercenaries on the front lines of world war one that were that had women in it it's hard it's just harder to believe i i get like freedom fighters and stuff like in world war ii you know the french resistance and the polish resistance you know all sorts of people in it i i just i understand i guess i I understood why there weren't women in that group because we're talking about Steve Trevor as well. He knows these guys. Do you think he knows a lot of women on the front line as like fighters? It's just, I, th- I found it kind of a stretch. But. Um, just to play yeah, devil ev- advocate against, against you, Mitch, which I, I agree with most of what, of what you're saying. But at the same time, we're also talking about like a woman who's come from the gods and on a mysterious Island with a force field. So it's like, we don't, I don't really need to believe this this is historically accurate when the premise of the movie is so ridiculous in the first place. Right. I think it's also a way of showing and telling Diana as a character, like that she is now in a man's dominated world. And like, you know, she's not used to being around men. So now she's going to have to fight with them and figure out, like learn about them. And, And I like, I like that idea of it be behind it all. And and they're not, I don't know. Then they're, they're interesting characters. Like we each learn something about these mercenaries um, that is that affects Diana as a character. So I, I, I think it, it, if it was all about women, then they would be talking about how like, wow, it's so weird that, you know, you there aren't more women around or something i I don't know yes but that isn't that that would be but they have they have those conversations when she's with um etta his trevor's secretary or whatever assistant like when they're trying on clothes like oh when we get the vote and you know oh you have to wear this like cover up and it's just foreign to her it's all these different um references to what's going on in the times i i don't know in i i like all those scenes where um Diana is is kind of bucking the traditions that um we get and it just is it's like well why the hell are we doing this well why can't I be in this meet I I like all those scenes I I, I and I'm like kind of in be- in between both of you here I, I I would love to see you know even just some some asexual person um mm-hmm. or just being like a like a badass strong strong person not really have to assign them and I a gender kind of like Brienne in Game of Thrones. I mean, you could, okay. well, yeah, you, I, I did, one of those pe- types of people, not, not one of those types of people, but you know, like some, 
something like that. It could be easily thrown in there. But I also agree with like, I like the fact that the film does point out the absurdity of the times where like a woman couldn't be in a meet um, in a meeting. Like I, I, so I get both of these things. So I wish we had those types of scenes, but then also it could, you know, fuck with audience members a little bit more and throw in like something so, so different from the time period. Well, I mean, different. We're talking about also our main villain, one of our main villains being a a woman who is a mass murderer. (laughs) And yeah, but then but then she's not like she's I mean, she's not the main villain. And I think that you you're stripping that away from. Mm-hmm. I was really bothered by that. I thought that you're stripping that away from women like she is the main villain and then she isn't well, like it was actually just a man who made her bad. And I think that there's part of a feminist movie that should say we can have a bad female character that's terrible. Just like men do, like I think, but she, in in their in their movies. But was it you know what I mean? was it Ares that told her to be bad? I mean, she he he says in the movie like I didn't do anything. I just dropped hints. Like I just walked walked by and he's like, hey, maybe you should cast a bunch of people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like little whispers, and they they fell along with it. And I always thought that was kind of like another like example to show Diana that like wow, it's not just men who are bad. Like there are bad females in this world too, um, or bad women in this world too. So I I don't know. I, 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 it's I, just I shocking to me that that the spo- that the twist in this movie basically is that the people no, we've been following the, the, all the, along that main character guys. who's a woman is not the main character. Uh, oh, you mean I, the, just, the main villain? Well, yeah, but the you know a main character in this movie actually isn't what you thought she was. Right. It's not. That's not the focus of the movie. The focus of the movie is a man. I think that's a weird mm-hmm. decision in Especially this movie. She can, has can, the potential I, for such an interesting backstory too. Whoever. Yeah, like she is, is. The, one of the coolest characters in the movie, yeah. and then she isn't. Um, can I can I just go back to the mercenary group though? Because I, in terms of like. Look, if you're looking for World War One authenticity, this isn't your movie. And there's a specific scene I'm going to get to that really, really kind of took me out of the whole film. Um, but they're just it's just if it's a weird decision that they're not soldiers in the first place. And because they're not soldiers in the world of authenticity, they could be women. They 100 percent could be women mm-hmm. because. And and you have and there therein lies the feminist story, right? Where you get three talented women that want to do something in this war, but they can't because they're women. And Diana comes and inspires them. And they and what if they actually save the day because of what you know what Diana brings that shows them aside. You know she you know in my world, women are the warriors. I mean, how is that? This just seems like the obvious missed opportunity of this film. And you even have you have a you have a guy who's a sniper who can't shoot, which isn't resolved at all. <laughs> which 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 could have which could have easily been here's a woman sharpshooter who didn't who was denied access to the military, and because of that, she's got the yips basically, and she needs you know she needs to relearn how her skills, and Diana helps her do that. And you, you know, you have this scene where, oh, there's Charlie in the bar, and there's a, a guy being beat up, right? Remember that scene? Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, I I expected that they go, oh, that's not Charlie, and they Charlie is a woman beating up a guy. Like that just seemed like an obvious 
thing that should be in this movie. I got. I don't know. I got. Like, I'm I just, all with you. I mean, I, I agree <laughs> that would be cool. I, I just I don't find fault in what they did do. I guess. I don't. I don't yeah, it's think not, it's again, that bad. No, it's not. Yeah, and Mitch, I agree. It like, could have been way fault. worse. <laughs> it, it's not fault. It just seems like it should something that should, should be there because it's there's just so much been built upon this movie being the movie for women. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And yeah. it just isn't in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I think the most disappointing part for me. Hmm. Okay. I, I I understand. <laughs> I get I get what you're saying. Uh, I that would be, that would have been cool, but I I don't know if um, I don't know what. I I guess that what what like I said, what happens in this movie doesn't bother me as much. Um, no, because I, I I liked the the moments of like, the little moments where she talks to these mercenaries. Um, when she talks to Samir, who's played by Saeed. I don't know, Tagmawi. I don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. that. Um, and how he was like, "Oh, I'm an actor, but how am I supposed to act now? You know, I, I'm a dark-skinned person who's an actor, and there's a war going on. There's just no no way for me to act right now." And then the chief guy, who's Native American, um, played by Eugene Brave Rock, who talks about how like, oh, his all his people were killed by. Steve Trevor's people and that just adds another complexity to one of Diane or Diana's like thoughts of men and how it's not so black and white right I like that part a lot that little anecdote yeah and and even in that same scene when uh Ewan Bremmer Charlie the the guy who can't shoot has PTSD and he like wakes up and he's like terrified and whatnot and they try to calm him but he just like walks away it's just I, I like those moments because you could just see Diana being like exposed to a world she's completely unfamiliar with and how complex people are. Right. Humans right. are. This is her first time with humans, you know? So Yeah, I mean, I, I liked the not black and white, like everyone kind of sucks. Like Aries has infected you all, basically. Right. Like good and bad right and i i loved all those moments where they're they're going to the front lines and it's awful and she wants to help people and she wants to run over and it's like why are they hurting those horses it's like they need them to move and it's like that's not how you do it and it's like we don't have time for this like keep moving there's people who are like dying and and with legs missing and stuff and she wants to help them but it's like we don't have time for that we have to keep moving like this is happening every second you know 50 yards from here like let's let's go and yeah. then we finally get that awesome superhero moment that we rarely ever get in movies anymore where, you know, she decides I have to go across there. I have to save these people. And it's like they're trying to get her to stop. And she puts on the the um, headband. I don't know what it's called. I'm sure there's an official uh, word for it. She grabs her shield, gets her sword and drops the ropes and goes up into no man's land. And it's like really like powerful moment which i really liked um yeah i mean that oh, movement that moment like I, I got choked up in that moment yeah i mean that that scene was like pretty amazing yeah it was awesome and there where whereas like other superhero moments and like heroic moments you see in these superhero movies are like uh <laughs> like like superman's got to go save this kid who's about to get crushed by a building because the buildings falling because of Superman. It's like, all right, let me go save this. It's always like 
an offhand like let me do this over here real quick instead of like a major part of the movie where like and the old right. supermans you know just saving people off a bridge or saving people you know that that's like his the main action scene not yeah. a big fight that destroys everything so there was a little bit of that in the end of this movie. Though. Right. Yeah, the, the yeah. third act. So what was yeah. what was your your moment that like took you out of the film as like a World War 1 inaccuracy My, the, you mentioned? The, the, the mo- not inaccuracy, but authenticity and just and just seriousness and care and um I can't believe it's 2017 and this is still happening in movies. Um you've got super spy Steve Trevor who's trying to infiltrate a party with the German high command who he's a spy who's already been compromised. I mean, people clearly know and people at that party clearly know what he looks like. But beyond all of that, the way he sneaks into this party and mingles with the German high command is by using a terrible German accent. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's in, and it's in a movie where they do speak other languages in other moments. Yeah, I, I cannot believe that that. The German characters in this movie don't speak German. Yeah, it, I, it, I agree. It is, un, it is unbelievable to me. I can agree with that. Was... It, it, it almost seems like Chris Pine, They. it, it just, it, it seems like Chris Pine said, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, that was it, interesting. It's just shocking. I, I don't know. It, it, I could be wrong, but like in Captain America 3, I'm pretty sure the Russians always speak Russian that are in that movie. Um, I don't remember. I mean, I, this, it's a little less prevalent in that movie than it is in this, but, and I don't recall in Captain America whether or not the Germans are always speaking German. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's not the case, but no one's walking around saying that Captain America is really, really, really great movie. And I just think that if this is a really, really great movie, it just has to, you had to have that level of care. Yeah. And it's shocking to me. Hmm. Yeah, I never, I'm, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah, but watching it when they start speaking, you know, it, it's like the old trope of like, oh, they're they have English accents, so they're bad right. guys, they're bad guys, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, just no, but now they have German accents. Yeah, that that Which, was weird. I I guess. And they did do cool stuff on Themyscira, like you know, Homegirls Israeli, and so all of them had Israeli accents. Like that was really cool. I thought that was. Like that's that that was like they went the they went the distance there. They were like everyone speak like Gaul. Like don't just do British accents and shit. Gotcha. Um, but I felt like the rest of the movie they didn't really do that. Hmm. There's also this there's that, that whole scene was weird. Didn't you guys think that that whole like you know a lot, like a lot of people have been complaining about the third act. Did you guys find the third act was really a letdown? Yeah. Yeah, I thought the it was just. I liked I liked some moments of it. Um, I I didn't really like that they reveal spoilers. I mean, not that we haven't already spoiled everything. That David Thewlis or Thewlis Thewlis, yeah, he's the bad guy. He's he's the guy who plays um, Professor Lupin in Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, right. He he's the bad guy. There's the, I didn't see that coming at all. Really, <laughs> I didn't see it coming at all. Um, because it just didn't, they didn't hint it enough. Where I noticed a lot of things when they have Danny Houston and when they have um, um, Dr. Poison or whatever. I forget her name. She's somebody I haven't recognized. I don't recognize. Elena Anaya. Um, she, 
whenever they're on screen, there's like weird pl- um, shot placements to like mimic horns behind Danny Houston's character. Like there's a light behind Danny Houston's character that has hmm. like that, and he's in front of it, and it like makes it look like he's got horns coming out the back of his head. Hmm. And there's a there's a few scenes like that that. it's deliberate like i think the way that the camera moves and shows that it's like ooh, maybe he is you know because aries had those horn that horn helmet but then we're reveal we reveal david thulis says you know sir patrick as the as aries and that scene up in the guard tower is just odd it's spooky too how he just like disappears and like is behind certain things and whatnot um but I, the very, like ending with Chris Pine sacrificing himself to sh- like save the day and whatnot. Um, I thought was I don't know that was where I, I started to get moved. But it was still surrounded by a bunch of flames and <laughs> giant explosions and and just. It's dark. I, yeah, I just it's dark. I can't see shit. I would just might have prefer- started raining. I don't even. Know. Yeah, I would have preferred it was like a little more contained, but. We do get to see her use the lasso, which is cool, and yeah. there's some cool moments in it. Well, we'll get to the 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 Dark Knight Rises ending in a second, <laughs> but Colin, back to the twist there. You said you you saw it coming. It's so obvious. No, wait, <laughs> all these on. villains this, I, in these I, superhero movies are so obvious. It was not obvious. Yes, I, it well, was. Any? I, <laughs> go ahead. No, no, you go. Okay, ahead. thank you. <laughs> Any person who is like. A, a notable actor, especially of English descent, <laughs> who is in a society where he's like, no, you guys can go do this. I'm the cool one. Obviously, he's the bad guy. <laughs> is this obvious to me? It just wasn't obvious to me because I thought there's no way in hell that the that the that the villain in this movie isn't going to be Dr. Poison. Like, I just didn't. I just couldn't believe that they would do that. She wasn't given, she's not given enough screen time early on to, I think for me to realize that she's like the main villain. She has a few lines here and there. Mm -hmm. Right. And she, I mean, she just more, especially when she then gives uh, Danny Houston's character, like that gas, it seems like then she becomes almost sidekick. That PCP. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Poppers. Yeah. Um, uh, then she becomes more of sidekick um, henchman than she does main villain to me. Yeah, she's like the science muscle, or is there Danny Houston's the muscle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know, yeah, it's I just, I just didn't see it coming. I I, I didn't know he it. would be Aries per se, but mm. I, I kind of got the feeling he was behind something. Did you like that whole Aries thing where he's like, I whisper to people and tell them to do bad things? <laughs> I thought it was comical. I just thought you could edit something funny of him like walking by and whispering like <laughs> something <laughs> best. Because <laughs> then she gets inspired and starts writing stuff down. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Leave the toilet seat up. <laughs> women, women hate that. <laughs> Colin, did you... If... I I, I I like that and I like the idea that Aries is actually I I liked all of that. I just I didn't understand is Aries also like in charge of like British government too? <laughs> or yeah. is that just or is that just a form he took? 
he's like a to for because uh, at the time like I, when did he, he become Sir Patrick? Yes, is Sir and is Sir Patrick Sir Patrick and is Aries Aries and did he just take Sir Patrick's form well, as a reference? That can't point? be the case because they show when they flash back to when Ares was defeated by Zeus and he's like all hurt in a cave and it's David. Yes, Thulis. That's right, the, yeah. So it's like, so how did he, he just somehow managed to convince people that he was a uh, uh, English <laughs> parliamentarian or he's something? He's been knighted. Yeah. Very, very weird. I, I agree. That, so I would have liked it if Ares was kind of just like, just Ares and not. Right. Yeah, it, yeah, well, that that's another thing is like he's a god, so and Zeus took the form of geese and swans and like all sorts of shit. So why why can't Danny or not Danny? Why can't Ares take the form of Doctor Poison or of Danny Houston's character? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? That was a little weird. He just doesn't. So, David Lewis just doesn't doesn't look like a big scary villain. No, he just like with no. his mustache and stuff. I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. and, and that's <laughs> it, it. worked when he was like, I thought menacing and quiet and like spooky. Yeah. But as soon as he was like as as gearing he, up, yeah, I'm like, okay. He got his like makeshift armor <laughs> yeah. that he pulls to to his aid. And the well, whole that whole action scene, it was, it. Th- I mean, that's clearly I think the worst part of the movie, and. Just, I it was very disorienting how far each person was from each other, because there were some big explosions going on when uh, Diana yeah. and Ares are fighting. They're like, and that airfield didn't look that big mm-hmm. to where like these explosions are happening, and like gas is like right next door to it. Just, yeah. it was all very disorienting and very odd placement of everything. Yeah, the amount of explosions that occurred should have crushed like. <laughs> Any human standing nearby is like rib cages <laughs> or like just completely shut down their organs from the blast. I don't. And there's a huge crater in the in the airfield when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, that is. A yeah, little, I it had was a lot of time and space issues. Mm-hmm. Like I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going on half the time. Yeah. Even like even in cool action scenes like the one in the town, mm-hmm. I in in terms of like structure, the the fighting was cool. But, like, I didn't really understand. You know, there's this whole part where, like, Chris Pine's like, well, we can't go into that town because we got to keep moving. But, like, I didn't know what, what, are, they, what are they racing to. <laughs> and then I also didn't know, like, what is the occupation situation in that town? Because it seemed like the way to rid the town of German occupation was just to kill a guy on a tower of a church. <laughs> and it all seemed to, like, it, there was no, like, I didn't know at any time really in this movie what they're actually going to or like how far away things are from each other or like even there's this, you know, there's a shot when he's getting onto the bridge of this party where there's a, there's a weird shot where there's a guy brushing off chairs. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like, yeah. And, and the implication there was that the Kaiser was going to watch this grand yep. exposition of the new weapon, but that never happens. You don't know where the Kaiser is. You don't know where what city are they firing on? You assume it's the town. I think there was a lot of weird you know, things there. You never get like an explosion shot too. You just be like, oh, they just fired the missiles, and then you just see the gas, the gas, on or you the, see the gas. Yeah, I think I think the I found it. It was kind of confusing because we're talking. This is toward the end of the war, and everybody's like excited to finally end the war, except mm-hmm. Danny Houston's character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
why would the Kaiser come to watch this this new awful weapon being? It was very yeah. It was yeah. really weird. Yeah, the the politics and, behind it all didn't make sense. It was just like oh, they're bad. So. I also don't see how they could obliterate like an entire military council and everyone just kind of be cool with it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of time and space and and um, well, actually. Well, yes, time for sure. But um, there's so there's this whole Dark Knight Rises ending spoilers um, for that movie in this where he fly he has to he has to take a bomb basically away from the city and sacrifice himself. And uh, I you know what I was just talking with someone the other day I didn't get why he had to kill himself. Someone told me that there's a, there's one throwaway line where there's a ticking time bomb on that plane. Is that true? There is. Yeah. There's a timer okay. on it. I totally missed it. So never mind. Yeah, there's but a at timer. The ti- at the time I was a little confused why he had to do that. But okay, I guess that explains it. But he also um, still could have like jumped out of the plane. Couldn't he? Well I yeah. half expected him to show up later at a cafe in Paris and wink at the camera <laughs> and go autopilot. Join a funny pranker. <laughs> um I, I like that scene. I know it, it's kind of a trope, um, but I liked it because it, it, like I said earlier, it shows that like there's hope, like that Chris Pine is willing to save or to sacrifice himself to save the world or save mm. a bunch of people. And then there's that like, there's a huge explosion. She loses her hearing, and it's like hard to hear that Chris Pine is saying something. He's like, I have to do something, and it like goes in and out of muffled and clear clarity. And then he gets on the plane, and then there's a flashback to that moment where you actually finally hear what he's saying. And I don't—I wasn't under under the—I didn't understand if she could hear him the entire time and was just confused because her responses are like, "What are you saying?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I was confused by that. But but I liked the, the like. How else are you gonna do that? Like to like build up like the 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 um, suspense and like heroism of that moment. Um, so it didn't bother me that much. But I did like when he got to that moment and he he points the gun backwards at the bombs and just that like long like shot pause on his face before he pulls the trigger and blows it up. It it, I, it's, it was a pretty moving scene as well. I I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just he shows he just shows Diana that you know not all men are bad and what what are humans like and and in that same moment when she's being crushed by that like metal around her she like looks over at the the three mercenaries bogged down getting shot at and she looks over at other people and they're all just humans you know in the caught up in their own thing so like it's more important than between her and because this other god so she wants to do something for the humans and i think that him sacrificing himself pushes her to the point where she see she notices that that humans are good deep down and that's why i i think that's what i took away from this movie the most is humanity is dark as shit and we have been through some awful things and we still go through awful things but like deep down most people are good and we're worth fighting for and even though we may not deserve someone like wonder woman or diana but she's willing to be that person to to help us i don't know i liked it yeah, very superhero like you're right which is what superman should be about <laughs> <laughs> question in 
Maybe it's because I'm just a big bitch. But <laughs> so like Ares is defeated and like it looks like everyone's like really happy and like the like soldiers like almost put their arms that, around that each other. That part was weird. I didn't really like it. And that then part. I'm like, okay, but like World War II happens in a few years, so <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. She does Vietnam's <laughs> coming down the pipe, like <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> yeah. She does mention early on that it's like she lost faith in humanity a long time ago, and my only thing was like, okay, so World War One ends and everybody's happy. She must be like, wow, I have renewed faith. What causes her to lose that faith again? And all I could think of was World War Two and the Holocaust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that'd be an interest. Also, another interesting movie to see. Well, we're going to get Wonder Woman in each of the different wars. Yeah. It's going to be her sequels. And she'll be like, the Germans again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Can you imagine Ares is brought back, but as Hitler? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Ares wouldn't just shoot himself in the head, though. No, no. We would rewrite history. We would totally Tarantino this. Like. Just oh, wonder, wait. just Wonder Woman stomping the shit out of him. Oh, wait. So, uh, yeah, we haven't already rewrote history with Wonder Woman saving World War One, <laughs> ending World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Let's wrap it up. But what, what, what about the music? You guys like the music? You like this this interjection of Hans Zimmer's theme from Batman vs Superman? Yeah, that happens pretty frequently. Yeah, I like. I kind of like. I didn't wasn't a huge fan of her theme at first, but it worked really well when she gets to that town, and is like, "We gotta take out the town," and she's like, "Wait, wait for me," or whatever, and it starts playing, and she goes crashing through that window and just starts beating the shit out of people. Um, it worked really well. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty good score. I, I didn't like it at first, but I like it now. Yeah, I can only remember her that main theme, but I rem- also remember like there being like some good emotional moments in that the score like tipping me over the edge into like being like oh this is a really powerful scene because the music was mm-hmm. was really good yeah. that being said i can't really remember it but right <laughs> that, that i remember <laughs> and i know it was it's a different uh time period and different war but i really was hoping i would see tom hanks vin diesel come around the corner in the town and like being like we're looking for ryan Different war. <laughs> different, different war. I know, but <laughs> have you seen Ryan? A similar look. <laughs> it was it was very Saving Private Ryan to me. That whole, that whole scene, minus the gore. <laughs> yeah, but the, uh, I should I should bring this in. This maybe admitting my own stupidity for a little bit too. Um, for a while, I honestly didn't know what war it was. Yeah, I think. And, and, and then I got like, oh, this is World War One, but I only got it was World War One because of the context clues, like the style of weaponry. Well, and, and, and so, so I could see. I mean, I I got it eventually, but it did take me a little bit of time to put it all together. So I can only imagine someone who, and I mean, I'm not smart, but I'm also not stupid. I can only imagine like what someone might have thought you know Ger- germans bad guys i mean they might yeah. think it's one but too. but chris pine when he's being interrogated by the council on the mascara he says like the war and he says though you know the the war the great war and he says the, right. war, the war to end all to wars end all wars yeah mm. and he would he wouldn't have gone like world war one <laughs> <laughs> no but but you know what i think this movie could have benefited from in that in that point colin is like 
maybe the first scene in the movie should have been Steve Trevor trying to steal the poison or whatever happens in that scene. And with, and the, with a, like a 1915 like yeah, date there's, card there needs to be like a title card that says yeah. this is what year it is. And gotcha. And, and I, I mean, I've criticized t- title cards a lot, but I think this is one time where it could have used used one of them. It could have worked. Yeah. But or in what, all, or what country they're in? I mean, that that was right. confusing half the time. I don't mm-hmm. know where the fuck they are. Belgium. Belgium, I guess. Yeah. I know, but there's sometimes we were like, but I don't know. Was the, the Kaiser was in Belgium? I don't know. Nearby. Um, I mean, Belgium borders Germany. Well, all, it was different close, back then. Though. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. <clears throat> um, yeah, but but like, I mean, we point out all these faults, but like deep deep down, it's a solid superhero movie. <laughs> when we compare it to other DC movies. But even still, I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Doctor Strange. And since I just rewatched it, I realized like, ah, this one's a little more enjoyable. So. Yeah. And it's definitely so. And and think if you guys have heard me on, on the podcast before, I'm not a huge superhero fan, but this is one of the ones that I, I more, more liked than I didn't like. And that I would like, watch again which i think is you know coming from someone who doesn't like superhero movies is a praise to to the film mm-hmm. yeah and and as we wrap this up i mean i i uh look i really enjoyed it i mean i've got a lot of nitpicking thoughts about it um but uh yeah i know it was a lot of fun i would definitely see it again i definitely recommend it um and i think you know it comes back to the first point that you made colin you can't watch this movie in a vacuum i mean it's an important film um simply because of you know its place in a genre that's that's just riddled and controlled by men um so there's a big shout out to patty jenkins and and gal for this movie because what they're doing should not be undersold but is it more important than lee daniels the butler (laughs) (laughs) no i agree It, it is an it is it is an important film uh considering superheroes like it, it who would have thought dc would have been the first one to make a female-led superhero movie when you have yeah who black thought, black honestly. widow and you know now we're gonna have captain marvel soon with um marvel uh, captain marvel I, at dc <laughs> i do want to give marvel its credit though and i do come <clears throat> come back to this i mean if you're looking for a, a hoorah feminist superhero movie or tv show i mean jessica jones is your thing i mean it is Mm-hmm. It's really awesome in that respect. Um, there's a lot going on in that show that's that's really interesting. Uh, so I definitely, if you like Wonder Woman for that reason, definitely check out Jessica Jones. Okay, it's going to be very interesting how they, given that this movie is such a success both commercially and critically and you know culturally, how they're going to address Wonder Woman's role in Justice League. Are they going to give her more? Are they going to change her line? Like, oh, like, uh, yeah. but that's already filmed. So I'm, I'm very, very interested to see how they, um, tackle her character in that, given the success of this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, they're doing reshoots, and there's this whole stuff about Joss Whedon kind of adding to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, or I don't know. He's coming into that universe at least because he's doing Batgirl or whatever. Um. Oh yeah. <laughs> you remember, yeah, that that's actually happening and no I one forget. seems to be talking about it too much. But um uh what was I gonna say? Uh 
Yeah, I think, of course, if they can, I think they're going to make her a bigger part of it if they didn't already. I mean, you know, Colin, you're right, it's already been shot, but they've obviously these movies, like, they probably knew a year ago that, wow, Gal is really fantastic. So maybe let's give her more of a role in one, in uh, Justice League. Mm-hmm. So, like, hope, I mean, hopefully. I mean, look, she's the strongest part of this whole universe. So they should ride out, like, ride that. I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I think she'll be a big part of the role. I am more interested in see how they're going to take her character. Right. And given that, you know, now she's kind of this feminist woman gay icon right now, how they're going to use that in Justice League and either continue that with her or maybe even undermine it with her now that she's in a movie with all other men is she so is she still gonna be you know as powerful as a voice um in her dialogue as she was uh in in this movie i don't know we'll see there's many many decades in between well 100 plus years in between the events of this movie and the events of justice league Mm -hmm. so Should be interesting. All right, so do we recommend it? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. It, it didn't the seem... Show. It's a long movie, but it didn't seem as long. It was only... Yeah. Yeah. Two hours. Shoot. It's Almost long. two and a half hours. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's, long. Like, it's long. It's, yeah. it's, luckily, it's 15, 20 minutes. Too long, but yeah. 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 Luckily, <laughs> luckily, there's no end credit scenes or anything, so that was nice. Good. I got out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I looked it up. I was like, do I have to wait? <laughs> Can I get out of here? <laughs> And you can leave. After you see the main credits, you can leave. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's Wonder Woman. That is that is finally here. Yeah. Finally reviewed it. Mm-hmm. Um, really quick, let's do recommendations. Colin? Uh, God, what am I watching? <laughs> um, what are you watching? What am I watching? I, I, I was just trying to look up because I know I have been watching a lot lately. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll recommend... Um, a show that's currently on, I think it's approaching the end of the season. Um, and I know we've mentioned before, Veep is such a great show. I I don't know if you know I'm just slow on the uptake or some, or this season is as good as it is. But this season is really fucking good. Um, it's 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 really great. And it's really really funny. Um, it's obviously, it's always, been, it's been, always yeah. been funny. But something about maybe this season and even last season it's just kind of really taken off i think my one thing about this season i've noticed more than the others is she's like way more self-centered than than <laughs> normal like and she's like mean yeah. about it too like way more than normal and so I, i've taken notice of that but i i really love that show i think i would not be surprised if she wins again oh, for I a fifth mean- year in a row she she can win Fifth, all the right? time. Yeah, I, I think maybe now it would be six. Either way, she, she there's won a, a few, she's won every season. There's so. a few scenes. There are a few scenes in the new season where I was like, "All right, just give it to her." Like she does such a good she's job. She's great. Yeah. Um, good satire. I, I and before that, Silicon Valley has also re- been really funny. Nice. Um, my recommendation. <sighs> <laughs> I I've been watching a number of things. I don't know why I've been on a like kind of a documentary style hook or kick, and I've been watching a show on CNN uh, with W. Kamau Bell called United Shades of America. 
Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's um, it's a documentary style show where he he visits different groups or in different topics um, in our country that are worth talking about. So he did one where he came to Detroit, the Detroit area, to talk to um, Muslim people during this time, and he recorded it like a month after the election. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, that was a good watch. Um, he did one on like guns and like um, the different people who are against it or for gun control. And he's not biased or anything. He doesn't, I mean, he is biased, but he also learns a lot. And this is the type of show where you have like a very large, um, like very liberal black dude going to a KKK rally to talk to like grandmasters and stuff. Uh, they're very it's very intense and very weird um and i love it um but i i guess i'd also recommend dr strange if you haven't seen it (laughs) 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 good good special effects all around that's a a big spectrum there you got a recommendation Um, uh, right after, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Liz wanted, she wanted me to see Gone Girl cause I had never seen that. Oh really? And, oh. um, and I had, I, I had somehow, uh, avoided all spoilers for that movie. I, I really had no idea what that movie was about. And, um, wow. I've, I loved it. I'm really fascinated by that movie. I have a lot to say about that movie and a lot of thoughts and feelings about Gone Girl. I was, I was really blown away by that movie. I mean, I don't think it's like a... I'm sure, you know, it's from a book that's really popular, and I'm sure a lot of people don't think it's as good as the book and that sort of thing, but um, really did it for me. And uh, a lot of interesting things uh, on the heels of a of a female-empowering movie like Wonder Woman. It was really interesting to watch Gone Girl. Yeah. Uh, and, and Gone Girl is also a really good companion film to Colossal, I think, in a lot of ways, which um, Mitch mm. and I, I think, Mitch, you saw that, right? Yeah, yeah. Which... I'd love to talk about on a podcast. Maybe I'd like, I'd like to get a woman on here Has to, Liz to seen talk it? about it. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I, rec- I do recommend both of those movies. I think they're just really interesting. Yeah, did, like interesting stuff. Did Liz see Colossal? Uh, yeah, she did. Okay, maybe if Colin's not gonna see it, <laughs> come on, Colin, get on the board. Because I just think both of those movies, if you like it or don't like it, it does bring up a lot of interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Um, particularly about addiction, men and women abuse. relationships. And, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, Gone Girl, my recommendation. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, um, that probably does it for us here. If you have any thoughts um, on Wonder Woman or have recommendations for us or uh, of any of the movies or thoughts on any of the movies that we reviewed, uh, feel free to email us at woodwardsfilmcast at gmail.com. Um, for Colin and Mitch, I'm Kale. We'll see you hopefully next week with another film to talk about. Okay. Guys? Bye. Bye. See ya. See ya. Bye.